Welcome to the Beyond Physical Therapy Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk to physical therapists and other healthcare professionals that have broken away from the pack of everyday clinicians. Learn how to shift your mindset away from traditional PT and healthcare as we interview those that have already found a way to move beyond their day-to-day job. I'm your host, Zach Reggio. Let's dive in to today's episode. Everyone who is getting destroyed by competition or is having a hard time finding ways to get new customers or build true relationships and build a sense of community and build an audience, the reason they're having so much trouble is because they're modeling and following what they see everyone else doing because they're afraid or just don't know better to be 100% authentic. Instead, everyone's just doing what they feel like they're supposed to do because that's what they see. If you want to be different, if you want to be in a place where no one can compete with you and that you are a true you know go-to authority in the space that no one can replace you need to be 100 true to yourself and be authentic and put yourself out there and stop you know saying and doing what you think you're supposed to do and just start putting your real spin on things and putting your real message out there hey guys welcome to today's show we have a special guest jordan mather who's absolutely crushing it when it comes to teaching physical therapists how to market and create powerful Facebook ads. He and his partner, Max, founded The Clinical Marketer and the group Facebook Strategies for Physical Therapists. If you are a PT and running a business and you haven't started running social media ads or you're just not sure where to start, then this is going to be the perfect episode for you. Sit back and enjoy. Here's today's episode. All right, man. Super pumped to have you on with me. And now I know you're not a PT per se, you know, you're not a healthcare worker, but you might as well be like an honorary PT in my eyes because you know so much about PTs, you help so many of them. So that's why I really wanted to have you come on just because I feel like you have such a great knowledge for the profession and uh, you can shed like a lot of light on everything marketing and and just sales and, and messaging. So uh, you know, I'm really super pumped about it. Yeah, man. It's been a really insane journey. I mean, when I started this thing, I was a marketing intern in college for a sports medicine hospital that was on the campus. And that's kind of how this whole thing started. In those days, I was helping them. I was in IT. That's what I went to school for. And people always confuse me for a PT. And uh, although I have been working within physical therapy and only with physical therapists for eight years now, which is crazy that that much time has passed. Uh, But when it all started, I was building software for that sports medicine hospital that was on campus uh, where I was going to school. And that turned into a small little startup which we then went on to raise a bunch of funding, moved across the country and ran that company uh, pretty, pretty successfully. And once we, we were running the software company for a number of years and it was a ton of fun. And I met so many amazing PTs and got to work in so many incredible practices and just shadow them to learn more about their process and talk to their patients to learn about what it is that they actually wanted out of therapy and what their, their expectations are as you know, as more and more technology was almost expected out of patients as they're coming in. And it, it was an incredible experience. But at the end, towards the end of it, in order to get past that next level, uh, we really didn't, we didn't enjoy it anymore. We almost just ran our course with it. And at the time, we had started to do marketing. We started to, instead of marketing software directly to practices, we started marketing to patients to see like, okay, what if, you know, we have this big library of all these different exercises based on, you know, different 
pain types that people are experiencing, maybe we can just get them on the platform and then practices would want to buy it more because it has a user base of patients that they wanted. And through that, we realized how good we were at marketing to directly to patients. And that's when we kind of made the jump to, you know, the software thing isn't as fun as it was a couple of years ago. Let's, let's give this marketing thing a shot. We got our first clients from people who were using our app. And then it, it was just a no brainer to go all in on marketing. So we've been doing that now for the last um, about five years. Very cool, man. Yeah. And I, I know you guys started, you and your partner, Max, who is a PT, right? Mm-hmm. You both started a business and it's called Clinical Marketer Facebook Strategies for Physical Therapists. Is, is that correct? Yep. Or that's kind of like along with your Facebook group? Can Go you ahead. tell me a little bit about it and, and kind of what you guys are doing with it? Yeah. So the company is Clinical Marketer. Uh, the Facebook group is Facebook Strategies for Physical okay. Therapists. So they're two kind of separate entities. But what Clinical Marketer is all about is basically training PTs how to do all of the marketing because it's honestly so much easier than anyone thinks that it is. If you don't have someone to show you how to do it, it takes a really long time to learn all the stuff that Max and I have learned. But if you allow us to sit you down and show you how it works, anybody can do it. There's nothing tricky or hard about running ads. The ads are the easy part. It's coming up with your messaging, coming up with the offer and the kind of the psychological elements that people and practice owners and PTs, they, they just don't learn in school. So it's all about teaching practices how to basically take control of their own growth by learning these key fundamentals of marketing. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the, uh, cause I took your course, the, uh, new patients next week course. And, you know, yeah. I learned a ton based off that on Facebook, you know, advertisement and kind of like how to put the message out there and what to say, um, how much money to put every day. Like it was really, mm-hmm. really helpful. Cause before that, I didn't really know what I was doing. It was just kind of like, I was trying different things. I'm like, I don't know, maybe this will work, you know? <laughs> So right. it was it was really nice to have that kind of structure. But I know even before you start putting out Facebook ads, you know, there's a lot of important steps that you need to take before you even consider running them. Can you just mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that and what, you know, you usually have people do before they even, you know, decide to start doing ads? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So there's a lot of different opinions on this that's out there. So I think all you need to be able to start running Facebook ads, granted that you have someone to show you how it works. Don't just go out there and spend all every cent you have trying to figure it out yourself. But if you have a proven system that works and that you know you can trust and follow and know that it gets results, then the only thing that I say that you need to start running Facebook ads is knowing exactly who it is you want to market to you understand what problems they actually have. And if, if you think the problems your customers have are back pain or knee pain or anything, any surface level problem like that, then you don't understand your customer deep enough. If you truly know your customer and can speak to not just you know their face value problems, but the problems that are caused on an emotional level because of those problems, then you can run Facebook ads. If you have, you know, someone like Max or I teach showing you how to do it, then you just need to plug those elements that you know, that you know about your customer into it. And, and it works really, really quickly. So I'd say the only two prereqs to starting Facebook ads is one, you understand exactly who your customer is on an emotional level. And number two, that's 
you know, you're not absolutely desperate for patients. Uh, you should never lean into ads if you're in a place of desperation. That's not the time to, it's almost like a, when people do that, it's almost like a Hail Mary uh, where they're hoping that their problems will be solved with the minimum amount of work possible. And that's, that's just, it's not what you could, should do. There's so many other things that you should do. So I think you should only run Facebook ads when you really understand who your person is and you're ready to move into that next level, whatever Definitely. that level may be. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Right. And that's kind of like where I am in my business. Cause I run like a telehealth business for people with back and right. neck pain. And it's like, right now I'm just trying to find my avatar and my, my ideal client and not even reach out to them and being like, Hey, I can fix your back and neck pain, but reach out to them and just say like, Hey, have you ever had back and neck pain? Hey, you know, what, where do you like to hang out? Like, you know, tell me about some of your other friends. Tell me about like mm -hmm. people who have similar jobs to you and, and like what you guys do. Just so I, like you said, so I can understand them on that emotional level and just like begin to use like words and, and phrases and, and, you know, just know, more about them as a person so that I can market to them more effectively. That's exactly what you should be doing. And when you're in that position, it's through those conversations that you get those new clients coming in by starting those authentic conversations. When you're not just trying to sell them, you're just trying to get to know them better and genuinely trying to help them. That's how you get yourself out of the red by getting yourself out there and actually putting in, putting in the work Facebook ads. Although I firmly believe that you can start them far earlier than most coaches say you, you can't replace building relationships and really getting to know people uh, with ads. It's not a silver bullet. You, you need to have, you know, some core fundamentals down in order to be able to scale that those relationships. What, um, what I believe is very different than what a lot of other coaches put out there is that uh, most of them say that you should not run ads. They almost, their sales message is almost, you know, how you can get eight new patients. And the best part is you don't have to run ads. And I'm always sitting there like, that's the best part. Like since when is, since when is, you know, because there's always a cost to everything. Okay. If you're not running ads, what that really means is that you are, either knocking on doors, you're DMing people. It means that every other marketing strategy they might be following is linked directly to your time, which means that there's an, a cap that you can't go past because there's only so much time in a day. And so I don't see that as you know a benefit because I don't want to spend every single day DMing people or knocking on doors. You know, it, I, I want my business growth to be at least semi-automated because what happens if your only growth strategy is DMing people and going and networking with people, but you want to take, you know, Friday and Saturday off, go spend it with your wife and kids under those kind of systems. Your business isn't growing because you're not working. Your growth is directly correlated to how much time and effort you put into it. There's nothing that's working for you and helping you maintain the growth that you have. If you take a day off. So I think all those organic strategies, while definitely important and needed to be done. Facebook ads needs to be started sooner. If you have enough to spend $10 a day and $10 a day puts you in front of a thousand people within your community with whatever message you want to tell them. So if you have $10 a day, you know who your customer is and you know what it is that they want. It's crazy not to at least spend $10 
to put a message in front of your audience and just, just see what happens. There's no faster way to figure out if you actually know what your customers want than Facebook ads. Because you run an ad, you put out what you think people want, and if they don't take it, it's not because you didn't set up the ad incorrectly. Ads are easy. It, it's because the, the hard truth of it is you put something out that people didn't want. So that tells you that you definitely need to you know, reevaluate what it is that you think that you know. So I think Facebook ads needs to be an imperative part of your early growth. Once, of course, you've had enough growth to know who your customer is, what their problems are, and have uh, you know, at least some sort of marketing budget to invest in you know, learning more about the market. Yeah, you dropped so many knowledge bombs right there. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. I just kind no, of no. I love ran. it. You went on it a was, rant. <laughs> no, no. It was a perfectly warranted rant. So I love it. Um, yeah, no. I, I agree with everything you were saying. Um, so, what do you think? And you probably get this all the time. But what do you think the secret to people to getting people's attention is on social media? You know, what kind of things do you recommend people do? Oh my gosh, this is such a good question. So, I mean, everyone wants, because everyone's busy, everyone looks for shortcuts or they look at their peers to see how exactly they're doing things. And then they almost imitate them thinking that that's just what it is they need to do. Everyone's website looks the same. All of their offers are the same. Uh, Unless you go through a challenge, of course, then you know how to make an offer. But everyone is doing the same thing, which by nature puts them into a commodity business And it makes it really hard to actually connect with people. And by doing so, by doing what everyone else is doing and being in that commodity space, you're creating competition for yourself. The only reason you're competing with other clinics is because you're doing the exact same thing as them. The only way to stand out and to not have competition is be 100% authentically you and stop trying to be this being seen as the, you know, the best doctor in town or the smartest person and just focusing on, you know, trying to look like what clinical expert, uh, clinical excellence looks like instead of just truly letting your brand and your personality really shine through the things that you're doing. Because when you do that, when you're 100% yourself, not only are you pushing away all the people that don't make sense to be in your business, but the people who are meant to be there, they love you for it and they are called to for it because, Today, we're we're living in this age of authenticity because people are so sick of being lied to and being scammed by flashy logos and professional photos and all of these things that most PTs, when they first get into business, think that they need because that's just what they've seen. That's what they've been used to. But today's consumer is hungry and starving for people to just be themselves. That's why in our challenge and in all of our coaching, we, te- we tell you, don't use any stock photos. Don't hire a photographer. Find a picture that you already have on your phone when you're bored at the clinic one day and goofing around with your staff or a picture you took with your dog and your family. Those are the ones that are, those are the ad creatives that are converting at such a high level because people are being authentic. They, they, they make you seem approachable because you don't need to prove that you're an expert with your words or with your pictures. When you're offering and talking about a problem better than the next person, people automatically assume that you have the best solution. So you don't need to look like an expert. All you need to be the expert and to be assumed to be the specialist and the go-to authority within your niche is to ask really, really good questions and just be approachable. And so I think the number one thing that people need to do 
in order to stand out and really succeed online is to stop trying so hard and stop taking themselves so seriously and just let the personal traits that they have that made their loved ones appreciate them and gave them the strength and ability to start a practice. Let all those characteristics shine through your content and through the images and the words that you're using online. Yeah, man. Oh yeah. That's awesome. That's great advice. And I totally agree because I'm pretty sure the first ad that I ever ran was a stock photo and it got nothing like no, <laughs> no clicks, like barely any looks like it was not a good ad. So I definitely agree. I think yeah. if you can almost kind of blend into Facebook's, you know, newsfeed and be like, Oh, this, is this a friend that I don't know about? Oh no, it's someone mm-hmm. else. What are they talking about? And yeah, I think that's a great way to kind of shine through. Right. It's, it's, it's crazy how even in our challenge, when in our, in our coaching material, we tell them, do not, I think it's day three, maybe day four, but we tell them, okay, now it's time to go and find your creatives. Here's what works really well. Do not go and use stock photos, but everyone always goes straight to stock photos because they're afraid to use the authentic, real photos of themselves, thinking that it makes them unprofessional. And it's the furthest thing from the truth because people nowadays are more connected and have so much more information than they ever had before. They're used to seeing expert ads every single day, multiple times a minute. And these offers that people are getting blasted with are really good offers. People are spoiled with good offers these days. So when they see an ad that has a really stock photo or a professionally taken photo, because professionally taken photos look like stock photos (laughs) because they don't look like a normal you know, normal day-to-day photo, people automatically sniff that out as an ad and they don't want to look at it. The stuff that works really well is the stuff that looks and feels like it belongs on Facebook. Yeah, I agree. And even that, like in an unconscious level, I think, you know, scrolling through it, like, ah, oh, it's an ad, you know, and you go, you don't even give it a second. Like you just flip right by it. And even if it's like really spot on messaging and the offer is really good, you almost like ignore it out of, the lack of creativity, like how good could this, could this really be when they chose, you know, this, this image that's almost laughable and could be a meme at at how fake it looks, you know, it's a shame that so many people are afraid to kind of pull the veil back and just be themselves and say what it is they really mean and share what their passion is with the world. Cause if people just saw how excited they were about total knee replacements or like you just saw like the real like dorky side of them where it's like i love this stuff and i love helping people with it like that's what makes people want to come see you like by doing that it doesn't matter if your prices are higher if you're a little bit further away like the next place in town that does total knee replacement therapy like they're not going to, that place cannot compete with you because you are the only you you know what i mean so if you if you let yourself be be known and shine and be authentic. You you create a following, you create an audience, and that, that audience wants you. They don't want the next person. There's only one of you. So that that I think is the number one thing that people need to start doing online is stop taking themselves so seriously, stop being afraid, and just put themselves out there. Definitely awesome, man. That was well put. So I know uh, maybe some people won't know what this is, but can you explain kind of what split testing is and why it's so important when you're testing your ads? Oh my gosh, so, so important. So let me start off by saying what split testing is. Basically, uh, split testing is just 
having one ad compete against the other. It's just a fight to the death between your ads against a true organic or a, or a true honest feedback from the marketplace. So split testing, basically when you're running an ad, you can have the same messaging and the same offer and you might be testing different creatives. Uh, so two different images, but testing the same offer and just seeing which one of those uh, is going to be the winner. So that, that's that's what split testing is. And then, so it's incredibly important for a number of reasons. Number one is you are 99.99% of the time going to be wrong about what your audience actually wants. What looks good to you does not look good to the people that you want. One of the pieces of advice that I heard from one of my coaches and that people often have heard me say is that you do not put money in your own pocket. So what you believe people want is 100% irrelevant. So you have to test everything. And when you test it more, it's insane how often the one that you think is going to win, what you, the ad you think is going to win or the landing page you think is going to win or the headline you think is going to win is never the one that wins. It's, always, it's almost always the one that you think is the worst that people connect with the most because you, you can't be clever. You can't be pretty. All of those things that you think people that you thought was like super witty and like, Oh, this looks so good. It, it's the, those types of things that confuse people or throw them off. So it, it's so important to test multiple things because you just never know. Uh, so that's just kind of the practical reason why you have to do it. The more technical reason, which is honestly even more important is how the Facebook algorithm actually works. So the Facebook algorithm works by rapidly sharing different variations of the ads that you put out there. That's why campaigns that only run one ad, they don't do very well at all. And that's what a lot of agencies out there are doing, just run one ad. And it works for um, if it's set up well and they actually nail down their messaging. And let's say Perfect World set up a really good one ad campaign it's going to burn out after a month because Facebook won't know who to show it to anymore. It'll run out of data. Facebook, the Facebook algorithm feeds off the data. So it needs as many things to test as humanly possible to really zero in and hone in on the people who are most interested in your offers. So split testing isn't just a really smart thing to do to, to figure out, you know, what ad and what messaging, what offer your audience is most interested in. It's also absolutely crucial to the long-term success of your marketing because that that's the food that the Facebook algorithm feeds off of. You have to give it options to play around with, to experiment with, to find out, okay, this is the perfect demographic and uh, patient avatar type for your clinic. Now I can go out and find it. If, if you give it, if you don't give it enough information, it's never going to find the right people. It's almost... Think of the algorithm like a private detective. If you don't give it enough to work with, it's never going to find the people you're looking for. Yeah, definitely. And so that brings me to my next question. So I was recently placed in Facebook ad jail after attempting split test and I got out of it. Don't worry, like two days later, but uh, I was attempting the split test and I hadn't really made sure my messaging was correct before I published everything. And mm -hmm. they just did not like that. They were like, you just violated our, our terms like nine times because I made like nine different split tests. So they put mm -hmm. me in jail. But uh, what advice would you give maybe to your clients to avoid going to Facebook jail uh, when it comes to making ads? Yeah. So Facebook jail sucks. I've been there. <laughs> but it's completely avoidable. So nine times out of 10, 
when a client or, um, a, you know, someone, a part of our membership or a part of our group community reaches out wondering like, why can't I get my ads approved or why am I in Facebook jail? It's because they broke one policy in particular, uh, specifically within physical therapy. This is always the problem is that the ad it's some somewhere within the, the copy or the headline or the landing page you're sending people to, it assigned a negative attribute to somebody. So what I mean by that is you called out something looked at as bad to that person's life, like calling out back pain or knee pain or, you know, sick and tired of waking up with aches and pains, like things like that, that are very clearly negative. And anyone who would click on that clearly is saying like, I have those problems those are the things that Facebook will not let you run ads for. And if you keep trying to run them, they will eventually ban you. So what you need to do is when you're you know, writing your ads before you publish them, take a look at everything, absolutely everything. Like what could be in here that is perceived as negative? Because obviously Facebook doesn't want you reminding people how flawed their lives are, right? They want people to be, they don't want people leaving Facebook and they only do that by constantly making them feel good. And if, if you write headlines that remind them that, you know, life, you know, has its flaws, that, that's what they don't want. So before you publish ads, you need to reread everything. And this includes testimonials. That's, that's a part that a lot of people miss is that in your testimonial is someone talking about a very specific problem that they had because that could be what is getting your ads disapproved. It could be what put you in Facebook jail. So if at first your ads don't get approved, reread everything and try to figure out, okay, where could this be assigning a negative attribute to somebody and how could I change it? Uh, so if, if you do find yourself in a situation where, okay, th this could be perceived as negative, maybe it's talking about surgery or talking about injections. Those, those are words that can get flagged. Sometimes you can sneak them through. Sometimes they get flagged. You got to think about, okay, what is a problem? Like, why is this thing a problem? Usually if you drill down by asking why into problems, you can get deep enough to write something that isn't directly assigning something negative. So incontinence, do you have incontinence? Obviously that is going to get flagged. Okay. Are you tired of peeing your pants? Okay, that's a problem caused by incontinence. That's still probably going to get flagged. Okay, why is peeing your pants a problem? Let's go a little deeper. Okay, um, I hate that I have to, you know, be worried every single time I sneeze. Okay, that now we're getting somewhere where we can probably write a headline that's not assigning negative attribute to someone. So a headline that works really well for us with that particular avatar is are tired of crossing your knees when you sneeze. Okay, that, that's a really powerful headline that directly calls out that problem, but it's layered deep enough that it doesn't assign a negative attribute to someone, but only people that have that problem that we're targeting are going to resonate with that message. So to kind of summarize, just make sure you're not assigning a negative attribute to somebody. And if you know you are, just keep asking yourself why that's a problem until you have something that you can write that isn't assigning a negative attribute anymore. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I learned my lesson the hard way. I had to email Facebook <laughs> and be like, please, please let me have my ad account back. <laughs> yeah, they're brutal. You're, you're lucky that they even got back to you. Facebook support is miserable. It's miserable. Yeah, no, I'm sure, especially with like COVID, they're probably like, oh, we don't have anyone here. 
<laughs> yeah, no, that is exactly what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's been rough. I'm glad you got out of Facebook, Joe. Thanks, man. Thank you. So I actually interviewed Dan Davids last episode, and he wanted me to keep you accountable. And he said to ask you, how oh, close are you to wooing James Hetfield from Metallica into an interview? <laughs> Papa Hetfield. Oh, my. I'm, I'm so glad. that. <laughs> First of all, uh, Dan Davids is one of the most amazing human beings on the planet. There's just so much positivity just bursting out of that guy. Um, so those of you who don't know, James Hetfield is the lead singer of Metallica, and I am a huge Metallica fan. So I coached a program that basically taught relationship marketing, and I told Dan that you could build the relationship with absolutely anyone if you're persistent enough, because that's no one respects anything more than persistence. So I told him, uh, he, he kind of put me up to the challenge. I was like, all right, I'm going to dream 100, the relationship marketing strategy is called. I'm going to dream 100 Papa Hatfield. Unfortunately, I started to give up on it once he, uh, he went to rehab. But before that, I was sending him messages. Um, every day I was engaging with his content. Um, I don't think the way that I'm going to reach him is through social media. So but now that you bring it back up, I'm going to have to get back on my game and maybe send him a few letters rather than go the online route. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that might work. <laughs> that <laughs> Can would be you awesome. imagine? I got to do that just to like shove it in Dan's face. A little yeah, bit. no, definitely. No, but he, you know, he's coming from a good place. You're right. He's a very positive guy. And yeah, I think he wants you to succeed. So <laughs> I'm good. if you get to talk to him again, tell him game on. I, All right, it's going to happen within, um, which, which we call it blast it out to the universe and make it a real thing right now. <laughs> let's say, let's say within the next year, I'm going to get Papa H on a, on an interview. Dude, that'd be so awesome. I'm rooting for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> so can you talk about the last book that you read that was a game changer for your business? Ooh, there that is a tough, tough question. So right yeah. now I'm reading the hold on. I got it right here. I just got it in the mail. So excited about it. It's called The Almanac of Naval Navicant. And he is a huge VC out in Silicon Valley. And so far. It is one of the best business books I've ever read. And that uh, is where I got the, the concept I was telling you about where everyone who is getting destroyed by competition or is having a hard time finding ways to get new customers or uh, build true relationships and build a sense of community and build an audience. The reason they're having so much trouble is because they're modeling and following what they see everyone else doing because they're afraid or just don't know better to be 100% authentic and just do what they want to do. Instead, everyone's just doing what they feel like they're supposed to do because that's what they see. But uh, that is a perfect time. One of my favorite quotes of all time is statistically, the majority is wrong most of the time. If you want to be wrong most of the time, do what everyone else does. If you want to be right most of the time, do the complete opposite. And that's kind of what he talks about in this book, uh, where if, if you want to be different, if you want to be in a place where no one can compete with you and that you are a true you know, go-to authority in the space that no one can replace, you need to be 100% true to yourself and be authentic and put yourself out there and stop you know, saying and doing what you think you're supposed to do and just start putting your real spin on things and putting your real message out there. Even if right away, no one hears it and you hear crickets through the act of doing it. You find your own rhythm and you find your own technique and you find, you know, your own voice that's going to bring the right people to you. So 
Uh, I'd highly encourage. It's called The Almanac of Naval Nevacant. It's by Eric Jorgensen, a book like none other. Four is written by Tim Ferriss. Oh, nice. Uh, highly, highly recommend. I'm, I'm going to link it in the show notes for people so they can check it out. That's really yeah. awesome, though. It sounds like a great book. I thought you might have said, and this is a book that I think I saw you reading, so I picked it up, too, and I was like, wow, this is a good book. Uh, Sell Like Crazy. I just oh, yeah. yeah. That. <laughs> I, I was looking at that too. on my shelf. I was like, is that the one that I should, I should talk about? <laughs> um, but I think, although Sell Like Crazy is incredibly powerful and arguably more actionable than the Almanac book I just said, because this kind of breaks down, okay, here's how you write a message. Here's how you create an offer. Here's how you yeah. write an ad. This uh, Sell Like Crazy by Cyber Subi is a little bit more actionable. But I, I say before you really dive into tactics and actions, your mind has to be in the right place. Yeah. Because if your mind's not in the right place, those actions mean nothing. You're not going to get anywhere with them. So in, in that regard, I'd say the Almanac uh, is a really good place to start. Nice, man. I love this. You're not just giving book recommendations. You're like, read them in this order. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, sweet. Honestly, there's too much information that's out there and everyone's yeah. saying that this way is the right way and that way is the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And so I think people need to slow down on the tactics and the strategies and they need to focus more on, you know, getting their mind in the right place because every single strategy that, you know, coaches are putting out there, every single one of them works. They, they wouldn't be coaching it if it didn't work. Uh, what, what I don't want people to think is that there's only one way to do things. Every single strategy that people are coaching works. You just have to find the one that feels good. It feels right to you because no strategy is a silver bullet. You have to be willing to put effort into it every single day, take a good at it. So you just got to find the one uh, that makes the most sense for you that you can get you know, joy out of and that you could really commit to. So don't let me, you know, any other coach or any other coaches out there tell you, you know, this is the right way. Just focus on developing your own thought process for things, test everything. And then that's when I would encourage you to start diving into tactics. Once you choose one path that feels right for you, that's when you should dive into the tactics and the actionable stuff. Yeah, man, I think you're totally right. A lot of people just kind of try to find the best tools and tactics without really first thinking, okay, what is my problem? What am I trying to solve? So yes, definitely. Awesome advice. Yeah, so, so important. Do you have any other passion projects or things that you're working on, you know, things that you might want to accomplish in the next few years? Yeah, yeah, I've I've had this vision that uh, I've never talked about publicly but so right now, clinical marketer trains physical therapy practices, how to do Facebook ads. But what I really want is, and I, I've been very publicly throwing stones at agencies. I want to provide training and certifications and make clinical marketer the epicenter of training marketing teams for healthcare practices all over the country. So if you don't want to hire an agency and you're building your own team, I want to have the training for how to structure that team, how to structure, if you're starting with email marketing, I want to have modules and certifications for email marketing. If you want to do Facebook ads, we have, of course, already have the Facebook ads course and certifications for people that want to do marketing within healthcare. So what my passion project is right now is transitioning away from focusing on a done-for-you Facebook ads agency 
and turning into more of that resource that clinics can look to when they're sick of all the different marketing tactics that are out there. When they're sick of going from one agency and one course and one coach to the next, I want to be that one agency that they can go to when they finally say that, you know what, I'm done looking for other people to solve this problem for me. I'm going to do it myself. So that is the long-term vision of what it is that I'm building. And right now that is There's nothing else that's on my mind besides figuring out how to help practices, no matter how big or small, manage all of their marketing internally without stress, without massive agency, price tags, any of that stuff. So right now, that's that's my biggest passion. That's that's beautiful, man. And I know there's so many, ever since COVID, there's so many people looking to start their own businesses. And, mm-hmm. you know, this just opens up the door for so many more people to kind of go at it on their own and kind of show the world who they are, as opposed right. to going to an agency and just saying, like, can you make me look good? You know, it's like, <laughs> right, because right. what that really is, is just saying, like, you're asking someone to solve your growth problem for you. And no one is ever going to care about your business as much as you do. So my opinion is you can't outsource what you can't do. So if we give the resources that, you know, practice owners, no matter what stage you're at, can follow to very easily and effectively implement their marketing without having to figure it all out themselves, that is what's going to get, you know, physical therapy to, to the next level. Because as you know, not a ton of people know what physical therapy is. It's, it's almost like this, you know, when, when you talk about it, uh, someone who doesn't really know, they're acting like, doesn't Kairos do like the same thing? And like, that's messed up. There's so many people that are dealing with, you know, suffering with problems every single day, not knowing that a PT could solve their problem in a couple days, yeah. but they're just suffering with it because they have no clue. So I want to give the power of marketing and promoting physical therapy to the physical therapist. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's so cool. I agree. And so it's a very uphill battle for us at times. People are just like, I didn't know you did that. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that. You now that program to come out, I would love to check it out once you get it going. Yeah. Clinical marketer elite partnership program. Awesome. Uh, man. Launching in a couple of weeks. I cannot wait for it. It's we're still like figuring out what exactly all the pieces that go into it. I'd say it's about eh, probably like 80% of the way there. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, launching it end of the month, beginning of November. Awesome, man. Well, if you need a guinea pig, I'm, I'm game. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely keep that in mind, man. You'll definitely get an invite. Cool, cool. So uh, before I let you leave here, do you have any words of advice or words of wisdom for, for PTs or future healthcare professionals looking to start their own business? Yeah. I know you already dropped a ton of knowledge bombs and I no, feel like it's... we should probably charge for this podcast because it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to hit you with another quote. And this is the quote and the only quote that has been on my wall since all of this stuff started. It's Mm -hmm. the only way to win is to learn faster than everyone else. You cannot get and achieve all the things that you had in mind when you started your practice, unless you're willing to sit down and learn. So if you're starting a practice, but you're going home at five and you're not consuming information and learning every single day, you'll be stuck in this painful loop where you're going to be stuck under this glass ceiling where you're always going to be, you know, trying to figure it out. You're just always trying to figure it out. So my best advice I can give to everyone is don't think that you're done learning because you're done with school. Okay. Consume marketing books, consume psychology books. Don't let agencies be the only way to achieve what it is you're looking for. Pick up a book, start learning it. You should read every single day if you can. At least listen to podcasts on your way to work. It's so easy. 
but you have to constantly be filling your head with new ideas because you don't know what you need to get to that next level yet. You haven't heard it yet, or you haven't read it yet. You never know. You like all of a sudden you pick up this book and maybe the first chapter was you know pretty boring because you knew everything. But on the next chapter, you read this one line that changed absolutely everything. Can't tell you how often that happens for me. So focus on reading as much on psychology about marketing as you possibly can. Because as I said earlier in this podcast, the person who is able to describe the problem of their customer better than everyone else is perceived to have the best solution. So if you figure out how to speak to your customers better than everyone else, marketing all of a sudden becomes incredibly easy. So focus on learning how to do that. And don't put that in the hands of someone else who's never going to care about growing your business nearly as much as you do. That's awesome. I love that. You can never really stop learning, right? Like even if you get to that million dollar business one day, you can't just stop learning, right? Because then you're going to be behind the curve. Your business is going to start to suffer. You have to always kind of evolve and keep learning and keep pushing yourself. So that's great advice. Awesome. Right. I actually got one more too. Don't take everything so seriously. Yes. Um, give yourself time. I mean, I, I've been self-employed since I was 19. I, it, took, it wasn't until COVID that I finally learned that letting yourself rest and slow down and do nothing, literally do nothing, isn't doing nothing. Your, your body and your mind needs time to relax and to recollect itself. So whether that's yoga, meditation, going on walks, um, just sitting on the porch, getting some fresh air or, you know, whatever it is, you need to give your mind time to relax. Don't just keep yourself busy for the sake of staying busy because you need that quiet time to figure out if you're even working on the right thing. Can't tell you how much time I spent working on all the wrong things. So give yourself time to breathe, let yourself make mistakes and make sure that you give yourself enough time to figure out what the most important thing for you to be working on is. Awesome, man. That's great. That's probably, you're right. That's so important. I can't even, I, you know, I, I need to do that myself too. You're right. Cause I'm always kind of running for the next thing and I need to slow myself down at times and just kind of look around and say like, is this what I should be doing? Is this what, uh, you know, am I doing the right thing? So Great advice, man. Guilty. You, you, know, <laughs> it, I, it, you feel guilty feeling like you're not doing anything because there's so much to be done. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely. mean, if you got to climb a mountain, if, if you don't stop to camp and you just try to do the whole way through, you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> and if you try to build a business without letting yourself slow down to make sure you're on the right path, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not literally, but... No, I know. Business. Don't die. That's the key. Don't right. die. <laughs> So Jordan, thank you so much for being a guest on the Beyond Physical Therapy Podcast. This has been a blast. Um, you know, before you go to, do you mind just sharing with our audience where they can kind of keep up with you on the internet and social media, where they can kind of learn more about you? Yeah, of course. So we have a free community of physical therapy business owners called Clinical Marketers, Facebook Strategies for Physical Therapists. That is the absolute best resource you can go to uh, if you're trying to figure out which marketing avenue is the best for you and you know how to launch really effective Facebook ad strategies. That is the place to go. Uh, so you can find me on there or you can just search me on Facebook, Jordan Mather, but that's definitely the best place to reach me. Awesome, man. Yeah. And I'll link it in the show notes so people can get to it. Awesome, dude. This has been an amazing episode. Uh, I can't wait to share this with everyone. It's great. It's been a lot of fun, man. You ask great questions and thank you so much for having me. Oh, anytime. We'll do this again soon, man. Yeah. I can't wait. 
Hey guys, thanks again for listening to today's episode. As always, if you can head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating and review, it'll help us get this podcast out to more people who need to hear it. Make sure you check out Jordan and Max's Facebook group, Clinical Marketers, Facebook Strategies for Physical Therapists. And if you're looking for a way to attract clients without using ads, don't forget to sign up for the next Clinical Freedom Funnel Challenge with Javier Carlin starting November 2nd. Link in the show notes. Catch you guys in the next episode.